What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. This is a sports ethos presentation, and I am your host, Joe Orico. You guys can hit me up over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, and also at EthosFantasyBB. Those are the two accounts where we post out all of our baseball content, fantasy and otherwise, podcasts, articles, Twitter threads, the rest, all of it over on Twitter, so please do go check us out there. I do want to say before we really get going today that we are still hiring people at Sports Ethos for this offseason to start producing content and into next season, baseball, basketball, football, even hockey, all major sports, and even if you got something a little more niche that maybe you're really interested in, if you're passionate about it, we want to hear from you. So please do reach out to myself or Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. He's more focusing on the basketball and even the football stuff. If it's baseball, reach out to me. Maybe you're a writer. Maybe you're you know got a great voice. You want to talk about your favorite team. Maybe it's whatever team. Any of the any of the teams. I mean, we have the Braves coverage already, and we have Dodgers already. But pretty much everything else is up for grabs. If you're a fan of the Nationals or the Athletics or whoever, I don't know why those two teams came to my mind first. But if you're a fan of any team, you want to talk about them. We got that. If you want to write daily, weekly articles, there's a ton of openings here for really. There's so many different positions. So please do reach out. If it is something that you think that you're interested in and you would be willing to commit to. So we will move on. We will start talking about the actual baseball content, the fantasy baseball content, I should say, as we head into what is likely your championship weekend. There are going to be some teams that go into next week. I have a couple leagues that go right till the very last day of the regular season. I'm not really looking forward to those ones. Those are public leagues. Those are ones that I didn't have a, a, a say in the matter. For future reference, it is always best to end a week or two early. This is pretty much good for every single fantasy sport, every sport really, um, because those last couple of weeks we're going to see some aces sit, we're going to see guys get benched, and you're going to have to be pretty active on the waiver wire if you are still uh, competing in those last couple of weeks. But assuming your championship is this weekend, which most of them are, we're going to be going through what we usually do here on Friday. First off, we'll start with yesterday's top performers, talk about maybe five or seven of the top-performing players from yesterday. And I do that if you guys are new to the show. I will look at the Yahoo points rankings from the day before, see who scored the highest, and usually go based on that. It won't necessarily be in order, but it will, we'll go off of that list for most of our information for this first segment. Secondly, we'll go through the waiver wire. We'll see who's been added, who has been dropped today, see what makes sense, see if I would be agreeing with these ads and drops or not. And finally, well, not finally, next, I will give you my pitching matchup of the evening. And then because it is a Friday show, the special Friday twist like always, we're going to give you a couple of weekend streamers. There are four guys who I'm looking at this weekend. Pretty decent. I mean, it's not a great streaming weekend, but there's been a couple of weeks. I don't think it was last weekend. I think it was the one before where we were looking at like one pitching stream. I think it was Jose Quintana, if I can, if memory serves. But we are looking at a decent little group of guys today. We'll do that closer to the end of the show. But for now, I do want to start off with yesterday's top performers. The top of the list is a name we're definitely not too familiar with here on the <laughs> Yesterday's top performer segment, we're talking about Kyle Bradish. He went eight and two-thirds shutout ball, allowing two hits and striking out 10 against Houston. The dude is an Astro killer. Last time he faced them last month, eight innings, two hits, two walks, six strikeouts, and a victory. This is ridiculous. I mean, if you streamed him in yesterday, you you got some big balls. I got I to gotta just be honest with you. This is not something that I would have recommended, not even close, against Houston in championship week. I know he did well against them before, but I mean, that's... To actually put your whole season on the line for Kyle Bradish, uh, it would have definitely been a ballsy move, and I don't think too many people would have actually done it. But if you did, he might just give you a championship here. You got a win. You got almost nine innings of shutout ball to lower your ratios. Only the two hits and ten strikeouts. That's it's absolute perfect best case scenario for Kyle Bradish, and the fact that he's done it twice now over the last month against Houston is is kind of crazy. 
I don't know what really to read into it, uh, that, into that specifically. I wouldn't read too much into it. If you look at the whole season, he's got a 465 ERA. He's a mediocre strikeout guy. He's all right. He's nothing, you know, he's nothing crazy. When you guys are doing your drafts for next season, I, I, I'm imagining he's not going to really be drafted very much. Maybe he'll be a flyer late in, in deeper drafts, but I, I wouldn't reach up on him because of these couple performances. It's obviously very nice, but I would try and not try and reach so much for what we see in these last month or so here when going into next season. So obviously, this is really good stuff. Over the last month, he has a 164 ERA, and that's really good. These strikeouts for him, though, 10 strikeouts, it's just not something that you can really expect. He had 11 strikeouts at one start. Uh, it was May 10th at St. Louis. 11 strikeouts over seven uh, innings of two-run ball. He did a very good job there. He's been pretty mediocre this season in, in general, but especially in terms of strikeouts, even just a few starts before this, three, 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 five, six, six. You know, if he's getting five or six of them, you'll, you'll take that. That's not bad. But 10 is not something that you can really expect from Kyle Bradish. Not not very regularly. I mean, what we saw this year was twice this season, double-digit strikeouts. Maybe he can do that a little bit more going forward, but I wouldn't be reaching for him in drafts next season just because he finished the season really strong here. I will give more emphasis to second-half performances when you're looking at next season's rankings and trying to figure out where to slot people. I, I think it's more valuable to do that than just to look at the entire season as a whole. There's ups and downs. If you look at how they were these last three or four months, I think that's a little bit more of an accurate picture. And Bradish has definitely been better, specifically this last month. I just wouldn't be reaching to grab him in drafts next season because of it. That's that's what I'm trying to say here. The next guy we will talk about is Colton Wong. Another thing that you couldn't really predicted coming into this one. Three home runs, five RBIs for him. Fantastic game. This is what happens when you start playing at Great American Small Park. Obviously ideal if you added him in then you are, again, like Kyle Bradish, likely going to be maybe not, you know, it's not a league-winning performance necessarily, but three home runs, three runs, five RBIs, that boost in batting average, or if it's a points league, then he gave you 46.4 points on Yahoo. I, I love it, man. That's why fantasy baseball is the best. You don't see this in other sports. You might see it to some degrees in football and in hockey. You don't really see it in basketball, but in baseball – the last week of the season and this guy's like maybe you just take a flyer on Colton Wong for the series You're thinking yeah he's playing at great American ballpark odds are he might get a home run or you know he might do something worth writing home about not that it's the greatest lineup but that ballpark can really turn mediocre offenses into great ones and maybe you just said okay hell with it I'm streaming him in for the next couple days and he does this three home runs five RBIs there's a decent chance that he could win you your league I'd like to know if there's any Venn diagram overlap of people who added Kyle Bradish and also added Colton Wong for yesterday I'm guessing there's probably not too many but even if there's one person who did that kudos to you I doubt that you would be listening if you did do that but if that is if that is a move that you did please do send a screenshot in over on Twitter because that would be a serious miracle here now in terms of Colton Wong going forward for the rest of the season I would just hang on to him if you have him. Over this last month, he's batting over 300. He's hit seven home runs. He's stolen a couple of bases. He's been fairly valuable, and he's quietly knocking on the door of 2020. 15 home runs, 15 steals. He's not going to get it at this point, but a quietly very productive season from Colton Wong out there in Milwaukee. Not as good maybe as last season. The average has fallen down about 20 points, but the home runs are the same. The steals are a little bit better. He's, he's still a quality fantasy pickup. I don't know that he's going to be someone in your in your standard drafts next season, 10 and 12 team drafts that really gets drafted so high. 
he's probably going to be a late round kind of flyer pick, but he's someone that you can pretty much rely on for that 250, 260 baseline, 10 to 15 home runs, 10 to 15 steals. Somebody to keep in mind, you know, if you get late in your draft and you need middle infield, I think Colton Wong is probably going to be a pretty decent choice. I don't think he's going to be drafted too high either. But let's move on and talk about Zach Gallen. This dude, like just wow. Yesterday, eight innings, two hits, one earned run, and 13 strikeouts at Chavez Ravine facing the Dodgers. What a second half that, that Zach Gallen has had. What a season, really. His ERA is almost two full runs lower than it was last season. It was at 4.30. Now we're looking at 2.46. Could he even get below 2.30? I think it's it's possible, maybe. I don't think it's likely. Uh, his next start is against Houston. It's not exactly like he gets a break here. But I would start him against the 27 Yankees right now. The dude has just been unbelievable for the season. He has a 12-3 and record, obviously 2.46 ERA, a .89 whip, and 180 strikeouts in 172 innings. I've been on him since the preseason. Zach Gallon was my dude. I wasn't this big on him. Like I didn't think this would happen, but I thought he was going to be a serious value draft pick going around pick 150, coming off of a pretty bad season when, you know, it was pretty clearly an outlier. It's not who he was. It was just it was just a piss poor season. So I invested. I'm very happy that I did. Now, in terms of next year, the next year conversation with Zach Gallon, I think is very interesting. Is he going to go, like, if, if you drafted today, right now, for next season, I think he'd be a top 50 pick. I think he would be somewhere in the 40s. I think that that's probably what people would be thinking. Now, is he going to actually perform to that level as the 40th best player in all of fantasy? I don't think he is, necessarily. I just want to see uh, where Yahoo has him in their rankings right now. I'm actually not too sure. I haven't checked his uh, his ranking today. It definitely moved up after yesterday. Wow, he's the 14th ranked player on a total total basis this season, 21st in per game. Maybe he does go uh, even higher than 40. You know, 40 just what came to the top of my mind, but maybe we do see him go in like the second round, end of the second round, you know, in those late 20s kind of picks. I'd be a little nervous to do that, quite that high, but he's definitely going to be, definitely going to be going forward one of the better pitchers in baseball. I think we, we kind of, I don't know, our opinion didn't change so much of him last season, but it definitely fell a little bit. Like I mean, we've seen with different different degrees of severity there, but what's happened to Jose Barrios' reputation this season? I'll probably be buying in again next season because the price will be so cheap, but. It's a similar kind of, in my mind, I feel like that's a pretty similar comp there. I don't think the Brios is anywhere near as good of a pitcher as Zach Gallen, but I do think that something similar like that will probably happen, and I'm not going to use that to segue to Brios. I just, I'll talk about Brios a little bit later on in our drop category or drop segment, but I think Gallen is likely to continue on this path, and with Brios, it'll be, I think, more of a blip on the radar this year, and we'll see him probably do next year something similar to what Gallen did this year. I think that that's I don't know, early early predictions for next year, which are probably really, really stupid to be making uh, in, where are we right now? End of September, Jesus. Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't even be opening my, my stupid mouth about those kind of things. But I do think that we are likely to see Gallon probably in the 40 range. I still think that's fairly accurate. It will put you somewhere, if you're talking to 12-team league, somewhere in round four. I think that that's like the likeliest place you'll see him drafted. Maybe he falls to round five in a couple places. Let's talk about another pitcher, and I think his uh, draft stock will be kind of interesting as well for next season, Brandon Woodruff. If you guys remember, Brandon Woodruff got off to a piss-poor start to this season. Seven earned runs in his first outing, then a couple of good ones, and then four, three, and five, and it was, it was, a, it was a nightmare for Brandon Woodruff. 
And a lot of people were buying low. A lot of people were able to buy low on him because it just didn't look like he had it this season. But he's turned it around. So yesterday, he went six innings. He struck out 11, allowed one earned run, two walks, and three base hits against Cincinnati in Cincinnati, which is obviously a little bit more challenging than you would have against Cincy in any other ballpark. But for the season, Brandon Woodruff, a 318 ERA, a 109 whip. And in 141 innings, he still has 173 strikeouts. I think that's a pretty good question right there. Would you rather for next season take Brandon Woodruff or Zach Gallen? I think recency bias, a lot of people would say Zach Gallen. I think in my heart of hearts, I would still probably go with Brandon Woodruff there. Although it's not as it's not as far as it would have been earlier in the season. I do think Arizona will take some more steps forward next season. A uh, full year of Corbin Carroll and who knows what Jake McCarthy will do, but Alec Thomas and Varsho, Christian Walker, Ketel Marte, they have actually have a really good lineup out there in Arizona. So maybe they do get better. I don't know that Milwaukee's going to get that much better. I feel like they're... I don't know. It's hard to really say with Milwaukee what exactly is going on. Once they traded Hayter, I mean, they haven't really been that competitive since then. I think they could still sneak into the playoffs. But... <sighs> I don't know. It's actually, I'm, the more I think about that one, the more I think it's actually pretty close. Brandon Woodruff or Zach Gallon for next year. I think maybe I'll send out a tweet. I'll send out some kind of poll on Twitter and just see what the general consensus is. But I think that that's probably something that's going to be pretty, pretty close there. But let's move on. I don't want to spend all day talking about this. Let's talk about Whit Merrifield, who came out of the blue yesterday. This bastard hit two home runs in a meaningless game against Tampa. And I say this bastard because we've dropped Whit Merrifield pretty much wherever we have him. I mean, most people have, I think. Most people in competitive leagues. The dude has not been playing every day. When he does play, it's not very good, usually. I mean, it's been one or two at-bats. He hasn't been stealing bases. And then yesterday, he hits two pretty sizable home runs, specifically that second one, uh, like dead center, pretty much. Meh, a little bit to left center. But he he absolutely rocked that ball. Now, this, for me, does not change at all how I feel about Whit Merrifield. I still think that he is still in a platoon in Toronto. I don't think that he'll be playing every single day down the stretch. I think it was probably the st- one of the stupider trades in our franchise's history to go out there and acquire him. It just it makes no sense. He's been pretty close to dead weight. Like if we're being I'm gonna be honest here, just look at the last month. He's batting 175. He's 740, and that's including those two home runs yesterday. He's just he hasn't really done it. If he's still on your team and you had him for yesterday, then you're probably very happy about that. But there is no no problem in my mind that or no question in my mind, excuse me, that Whit Merrifield can be dropped pretty comfortably in, in most leagues. If it's a deep enough league, or maybe it's AL only and you don't have a choice, then Whit Merrifield might have to stay. But he's not going to be doing this too often. I would expect him to probably not hit any more home runs the rest of the season. Or maybe he hits one. Uh, it's just you can't really bank on that kind of stuff from Whit Merrifield. I do want to move on, though, and we'll talk about our waiver wire uh, pickups and drops for the day. Now, in terms of the drops, we'll get to this in a minute, but most of them, and we've said this these last couple of days, are just pitchers who pitched yesterday, the day before. Your season ends this week, and you don't really need to worry about them anymore. So it might be weird to drop some of these names, but they they will still end up being drops. But we, we will start, first of all, here with the ads. My brain is in scatterbrain mode. We're heading into weekend mode. I think my brain is already mailing it in, but we will get through this segment here. We will talk about the most added players. Cody Morris is the number one ad for today. Almost 10,000 teams have added him up. Now, he's coming off a few pretty good outings. Uh, his last time specifically, it was six innings against Minnesota, one run and six strikeouts. At this time of year, to chase matchups like this is kind of necessary. I, as much as I kind of, you know, I don't know so much about Cody Morris. I don't know that I really trust him so much, but you just, some people really need to hope for a few more strikeouts, hope for the chance of a win. So I think I, I understand Cody Morris being added. Is he the guy I'm most comfortable with? 
probably not. I think that he's, I think he's okay. I, I struggle with with these kind of things this time of year. Like with Wisniewski yesterday was another example. Um, Hayden, I think it's Hayden Wisniewski. Yeah, this guy was, I think, added by like fifteen, seventeen thousand teams or something like that by by the time it was all said and done. And that's a big risk. Like you are taking. He did well. He ended up doing well, but. You know, you draft the team and you go through all the draft prep. Just think about it like going back to March and February, whatever. Maybe you drafted last November or something at Arizona Fall League or whatever. You really put a lot of effort into it throughout the entire season to risk it getting blown up by one of these iffy starters. The other side of that coin is you might have to. You might just absolutely have to take a chance. You're already screwed in your ratios. You need to hope for counting stats and you just add up a guy like this. No problem. Now, it's against Texas. Texas is not the greatest offense. They have some guys who could pop off. Obviously, Seager, uh, Adolis Garcia, Marcus Semien, Nate Lau. Uh, those guys can really, really go off. Actually, is it Lowe? I think it's Nate Lowe. I always mi- I always mix up Nate Nate Lowe and Brandon Lau. I think I've got them right there, but honestly, I always mix those two up. But to go back to the initial point, Cody Morris is one of those guys where I wouldn't stream him just for the hell of it. Uh, I would stream him if you really need the production that he's likely to give you, which is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a strikeout per inning, two, three, four-ish earned runs. That's what I would project roughly for Cody Morris for today. Not doing this like actual computer projections, just in terms of the start, in terms of the matchup, in terms of what he usually gives you. You can expect about a strikeout per inning, probably somewhere in the ballpark of a four-ish ERA. I think he'll be fine. But I wouldn't add him in there unless you really needed to. Let's talk about the next guy, Marco Gonzalez. I do not get along with Marco Gonzalez in fantasy. We just don't seem to see eye to eye any year. Uh, I'm never a big Marco Gonzalez guy. This year is no different. I mean, you're adding people in right now, typically for counting stats. That's something that you can rely on. And even if you get blown up, then it's fine. It's whatever. Marco Gonzalez does not give you those counting stats, even on the days where he might get blown up. He might have a bad start, which kind of happened to him last time out against the Angels. It was five runs and six and a third. He only struck out four, and the strikeouts for me are the main red flag with Marco Gonzalez. He's a fine enough pitcher, a fine enough actual baseball pitcher. He can he can go out there. He can give you five, six innings. He doesn't get blown up, per se. But in terms of fantasy, he's just not doing really much for you. He would be like a reverse of Morris here. Not that Morris is like a massive strikeout guy, but he would be someone I would add more in terms of those counting stats, whereas Gonzalez, I would hope for ratios. If you're going to be adding him... You can't add him and say, man, I need eight strikeouts. I need Marco to really just, you know, buckle in today. It's not going to happen. You're going to be disappointed. He's there's just not – there's no need for it. Marco Gonzalez, I think if you're going to stream him, it has to be either a deeper league or, or you're strictly looking up for ratios. If you're looking for strikeouts, the guy I would probably take a look at here is John Gray, the guy who is going to be going up against Cody Morris. Now, I thought John Gray was done for this season back um, – I guess it would have been around the trade deadline when he got hurt. And – I think it was while we were on doing the trade deadline show and we had, you know, we had Kev Masarage on, we had Steven from Sports Ethos, Steven Bagel, Justin Mason, Casey Bubba. And it was, I think it was during that last hour of the show when they announced that John Gray would be out with an oblique injury. And we all said like at the same time, like, yep, drop, done. No, no question about it. We were all pretty sure he was going to be done for the year. He's come back now. This will be his third start. They haven't been so great, but he's someone who can give you strikeouts. Like if you need strikeouts desperately, John Gray can do it for you. He had been on an absolute roll before he got hurt. It's really a shame that he did miss some time. But that might mean his price is discounted for next year a little bit. So keep it quiet. But I think John Gray is going to be a really, really solid uh, grab for next season. Probably won't cost you too much in drafts. Probably will be going in the late one. 
I don't know, 150, 160, 170, probably in that kind of range somewhere. And he's going to outperform that. So something that I'd remember for next season, and I'd also think about it for tonight. I think that he's probably going to be one of your better streaming targets for tonight. Now, I, I'm starting to get into, you know, the weekend streamers. I didn't really want to do that necessarily, but Braxton Garrett, as well as John Gray. Those are the two guys tonight that I think should really be given consideration. Braxton Garrett, he was recalled yesterday by the Marlins. He's been up and down uh, in the rotation this season. I think he's made some relief appearances as well. The, the, the real shitty thing is that he only has two wins in 73 innings. But he, strike, he struck out 75 batters in that time. He has a 368 ERA, a 119 whip. He's just been really good in the times where he has been in the major leagues. There's been a bit of up and down, but he's shown us double-digit strikeout potential. He's been, he's been pretty damn good, and he's facing Washington here at home. So I don't think that we need to worry so much in terms of a Braxton Garrett stream. I feel pretty confident that he can go out there and get the job done. Him and John Gray would be my preferences for tonight. Cody Morris, I think that he's an okay option, but I wouldn't be tripping over myself to go and grab him. There's a couple other guys who I think are pretty interesting options here, um, not even in terms of starting pitchers, just in terms of ads for this weekend. Now, we did talk about Tony Kemp. Tony Kemp is someone who I feel pretty conflicted on. He's he's on an absolute tear right now, but he does face Bassett, DeGrom, and Scherzer this weekend. So you have to kind of weigh what you need. If you need the hope of a stolen base, you know, maybe a couple of runs, maybe it wouldn't be a terrible addition, but I think that he might be a little bit too risky. Uh, another guy being added up, and I'm glad because I've been on this guy's case the whole year to be added, is Stephen Kwan. The dude has snuck into the top 100 now. Very happy for him for that. Not that he gives a shit, obviously. It's just kind of cool for our purposes to look back and say that Stephen Kwan gave us a top 100 fantasy season. He's somebody that you can consider adding up. He's got Texas this weekend. Not the craziest matchups in terms of pitching. I think Stephen Kwan can give you some production from the top of that lineup. The way he's been going recently, I think it's pretty fair to expect a steal and a couple of runs. And, you know, I wouldn't expect a home run, but two in the last two weeks, maybe he's getting that power stroke proper. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a home run. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be expecting it. But Stephen Kwan can give you a pretty uh, wide range of fantasy um, productivity. So I think he's a, probably a pretty decent ad as well. He's over 70% rostered now, but there are still some leagues. I'm looking at my leagues. There's a couple of them where he's actually available. So maybe I'll, uh, I'll go and add him up after in a couple of cases in 12s. I think that that really makes a lot of sense. And even in 10s, I think you can make an argument for him in 10s. Let's start talking about a couple of the drops. Now, most of these guys, we've talked about this most days this week, just to try and just drill it in there. Once they start for you, and it's not a Monday or Tuesday, two-start kind of thing, because two starters you're going to hold for the weekend. But if it's Wednesday and beyond, and this is your final week, then they are drops. It, some of them it's going to be kind of unfortunate. You know, you're going to hear a couple of these names, and it might seem a little strange, but it, it does make sense, uh, especially if you end this week. So Hayden Wisniewski, well done. Absolutely fantastic outing. Six and a thirds, two runs, and he struck out six. He got the victory. That's a fantastic outing. You thank him for his service, and you move on, and you grab the next guy. He's not going to be pitching again for you this season, assuming that you do end this week. Like we're going to talk about with all these guys, this is assuming that you end this week, these drops. If you don't end this week, if you have another week or week plus, whatever it's going to be, maybe you hold on, you take a look at matchups. But Wesneski, George Kirby, Hunter Green, Mitch Keller, Jose Barrios, Johnny Cueto, all of these guys, for me, are, are safe to drop. It, it makes total sense. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, he's another guy, even though he did pretty well yesterday. I mean, not bad. He Three runs, seven strikeouts. Uh, th th these guys are drops. They're not going to be pitching again for you this season. It's something. It's a mistake that I have made in the past that I will not be making this year. Drop them 
Wednesday starters and beyond, you drop them if you're done this week. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we have talked about it like at length on the show here, but it's something that I do want to drill into your heads that they're, they're not going to have any more value. It'll feel weird to drop, uh, you know, elite established stud type players. You know, if you're dropping Brandon Woodruff, you feel a little strange about it, but he's not pitching for you again this season. Most likely it's, it's, it's a pretty safe drop. So Obviously, that changes. That changes based on settings, based on format, based on a million other factors. But it's, it's a pretty safe rule of thumb that those guys uh, can be gotten rid of at this point. Let's talk about the other two-start pitchers that I'm going to be looking at for this weekend. There are two, arguably three, that I can add to, um, add to John Gray and Braxton Garrett that I think are probably going to be worth it. We'll start with Wade Miley. Now, Wade Miley, this has not come without the headache factor. Wade Miley, earlier in the week, had a brutal start against Miami. It was seven runs allowed in only three-plus innings. The silver lining there was that only three of these runs were earned. I think it was a Chris Morrell throwing error, if I remember correctly, that kind of screwed him over but also helped us from a fantasy perspective here because it was not going well. Who knows what would have happened? You know, just get the error in there, and then those runs are unearned. It was all good. It was still not good necessarily from a fantasy perspective, but it didn't hurt you as much as it could have and probably should have. Now, he gets Pittsburgh here in this next start, and the main reason for Wade Miley here is because of opportunity and because of matchup. You just There's not that many great streams, and at this point of the year, you look for matchup, you look for track record does obviously play a factor here. For the season, Wade Miley's been okay since he's come back off the IL. He's been all right. He's not, he's, you know, he's not a great pitcher, but I think he's serviceable enough where he should be able to have decent enough streaming value here against Pittsburgh. Now, that's for Saturday. We talked about Friday. We talked that's the only one I'm really terribly comfortable with Saturday in terms of your standard size leagues. In terms of Sunday, there's actually one matchup that I'm really looking at. I think it's gonna be kind of interesting for streaming on both sides. Aaron Ashby and Nick Lodolo. Now, Aaron Ashby, his last outing was only a two innings as an opener, uh, one hit, two walks, two strikeouts. The walks are always a problem with Aaron Ashby. 45 walks in 98 innings. His, his numbers for the season, if you just were to look at a standard box score stats for the season, they're shit. The 2-10, a 449 ERA, brutal. Just brutal. But the strikeouts are still there. He has been the victim of some bad luck, and he gets Cincinnati. The, the big risk here is that, obviously, it's Great American Ballpark. It always comes with some risk. But in terms of your guys who you're going to be trusting on Sunday, we'll go through them really quickly here. So we have Stripling and McClanahan. That's the first one. Not much uh, streaming-wise you can do there. Charlie Morton, Kyle Gibson, the next one. Uh, Luis Garcia, Austin Voth is the next one. Uh, Adrian Sampson and Luis Ortiz. You could argue Adrian Sampson. You could make that case for Adrian Sampson too. I'd probably prefer Ashby and Lodolo. You get more of a secure uh, strikeout numbers from those guys. I wouldn't fault you for going for Samson, but I think he's more of a deeper league guy. Then we got our Ashby and Lodolo, Aaron Sanchez, Edward Cabrera. Edward Cabrera is also, I think, a pretty good option, but he's already mostly rostered, so he doesn't really qualify, classify as a streamer. He's like 65-plus percent rostered. Next, we got Jose Suarez, Dylan Bundy. No on both counts. Suarez had been on a pretty good run there for a while, but he cooled off. Dylan Bundy, I don't think we need to talk about Dylan Bundy. He's not a very good pitcher. The next one, Luis Castillo, Zach Grinke, nothing to be done from a streaming point of view there. And then Tyler Alexander, Dylan Cease, maybe you could argue Tyler Alexander in a really deep league if you, if you wanted to make that case. He's coming off of a good start, seven shutout innings, four strikeouts, two walks. He was, he was good in his last start. And that one, I believe it was the Orioles he was up against. Yeah, it was Baltimore. I'd probably stay away from that one as well. And then we have Aaron Savali and Cole Raggins, not really doing it for me. 
Mike Clevenger, Kyle Friedland in Colorado. That's when you probably want to bet on the over because that one's probably going to be a crazy shit show of runs. And then Jacob Junis and Zach Davies, again, risky. Uh, Max Scherzer, J.P. Sears, Adam Wainwright, uh, Tyler Anderson, and then Brian Bayo and Nestor Cortez. I know I was kind of quick there, but if you just look at Sunday's matchups, either these guys are already rostered or they're just you guys that you wouldn't want to touch in a 50-team league kind of thing like Dylan Bundy. So I think that if you're looking at any streamers for this weekend, specifically Sunday, uh, Ashby and Lodolo are really good options. But Garrett... Gray, Miley, Lodolo, Ashby. I think that they're all they're all pretty serviceable, and they all should be able to do at least something for you um, come come the end of this week when you look back. I don't. It's it's very hard, right? And I think I've said this before. You guys have to make these decisions on your own. You're the ones you're gonna have to live with them at the end of the day. I, I try my best to advise you guys based on what I would likely do if I'm streaming in these leagues, but. It's really tricky. I, I'm very cautious about streaming this time of year. If I'm going to be picking somebody up, it's only because I either A, really need them, or B, it's just that great of a matchup. It's a very tricky, uh, it's very tricky waters to properly swim in. You just got to make the decision your, yourself at the end of the day, guys. Like, I, I try, I really try my best to go through these and look at the matchups and look at recent performance and say, these are the guys that I trust. But when you're the one who's going to have to face your rest of your league or even yourself, depending on how seriously you take this and just look in the mirror and be like, Jesus Christ, I lost the whole year because I streamed in whoever, you know, who's the first name I see here on the page, Graham Ashcraft, Graham Ashcraft is a fine, whatever, you know, Austin Voth, uh, Tyler Wells, whoever these guys are, they, they might do very well. Like we saw with Bradish yesterday, but aim for those guys who have the best situation, the best matchup, the best lineups behind them. And the guys who were, you know, on a pretty decent role right now. That's another thing to look at. Just try and look at as many factors as possible and then make the decision that your gut tells you to make at the end of the day. Best thing, best piece of advice I could possibly give you. Now, I do want to talk about a pitching matchup of the day here. It's not great for pitching matchups. We have some good pitchers going, Garrett Cole, Aaron Nola. Um, it's not a deep day, really. Shohei Otani's going. In terms of an actual matchup, if I had to pick one, I think I'm going St. Louis and uh, the Dodgers here. As crazy as it is, I think it's just the most balanced, uh, the most balanced pitching matchup. I'm just trying to make sure I didn't miss anything because it feels like there's usually one that's better than this, at least. But no, I think this is the best one. The last game of the night, Jose Quintana and Andrew Heaney. Not proud to say that that's probably the best matchup you're going to see tonight. But I mean, you also factor in the team quality there. <clears throat> I'd be pretty interested in this one. Andrew Heaney, he's fallen off a little bit. It's bound to happen. His last start was pretty good, uh, but there was a couple of much more iffy ones before that. I think that this is probably one where, you, honestly, you sit both of these pitchers for fantasy. I don't think I'd start either one of them. But I, I think it's going to be fairly interesting, even just narrative-wise, looking at these teams, seeing how many wins the Dodgers can get up to, and seeing what St. Louis can do. Because St. Louis's record, I don't think it even really – I think it could be better than 88-63, and 63, to be honest. Like, I don't think they're 16 wins worse than the Dodgers. I think it should be pretty interesting. Jose Quintana on the other side. I've been pretty big on Jose Quintana recently. He's coming off of a great outing, eight shutout innings against Cincinnati. Now, in my home league, I had Jose Quintana, and I dropped him for Braxton Garrett. Full disclosure, I did not trust him against the Dodgers. I wanted to go with a more safe matchup, so I switched it up for Braxton Garrett. I think that this is a pretty risky matchup, but there's not really not really anything that I think is going to be so much more worth watching unless you're just picking out a specific pitcher that you want to watch. Shohei Otani is going today. That's always very interesting. Maybe you just want to watch him face the Twins. You can you could go ahead and do that. I mean, Aaron Nola, Jake Odorizzi, you want to make the argument. Garrett Cole and Rich Hill. 
nothing that's so crazy. I think I'd probably, if I had to choose one game to watch today, it'd probably be the Dodgers and the Cardinals. Quintana and Heaney, risky fantasy options, but I think it should, uh, should still be a pretty fun matchup. Guys, that is going to do it for me today. I appreciate you guys continuing to check out the show, downloading, subscribing, following over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, and at EthosFantasyBB. Forget about my account. Forget about the Joe Rico account. Just go follow EthosFantasyBB. We're trying to grow that one up now. I think it's at 150, 160 followers, which is okay, but we're trying to keep that one growing up in the next season. Maybe get it up to 500, 1,000. Who knows? We just want to keep growing and growing here at Sports Ethos, and the way we do that is by you guys going to our website, checking out our premium packages over on the premium tab. Uh, you just hover over it, and it'll give you all of our options. There is a ton of different stuff you can get involved with. Fantasy Pass, Draft Guide, Wager Pass, Ethos 360, where you get more stuff. There is like, There's too much stuff for me to go into. I could do an entire podcast just going into the great premium stuff that we have on the website, and free stuff, too. It's not just all paywall. There's a a lot of the content and most of the content I think is, is not behind a paywall. So please do go check out at sports ethos uh, on Twitter and also the website sportsethos.com. Rate, review, download, subscribe, do all that great stuff for the show. And we'll see you again next week, guys. Take it easy. Cheers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.